Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and the car I want to tell you about today is a small two-door EV hatchback that's at the very top of my list of electric vehicles that I would buy if I were in the market for a used EV. Why? Well, this one's got attitude, it's got style, it's affordable, and most important to me, it's fun to drive. And I'll tell you what it is and why you might want one in just a moment. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I put a lot of emphasis on helping listeners find cars and trucks that are fun to drive at an affordable price. I truly believe that no matter what your budget is, you deserve to have something fun to drive. But when it comes to used electric vehicles, sadly, we don't yet have many truly fun options to choose from at the lower end of the price scale, say around eight to $10,000. However, all is not lost because today's choice is a quick, fun-to-drive, zero-emission Italian EV that places as much emphasis on style and exciting driving dynamics as it does on helping you do your part to save the planet. So what is it? It's the 2013 through 2019 Fiat 500e, and the e is for electric. Now, I mentioned this car a couple of weeks ago in episode 45, where I talked about used EVs and whether or not you should buy one now or just wait. And for those who are thinking about sticking their toe into the EV waters, but they're not 100% convinced, I suggested that the Fiat 500e would make a great first electric vehicle if you owned one as a second car along with a gas-powered vehicle. That's because the Fiat 500e, with only 87 miles of range, really only makes sense as a city car. So let's explore that idea a little bit deeper. So to cut your fuel costs during the week, you'd simply plug in your Fiat 500e on Sunday, and Monday morning, it'll be ready to whisk you along on a wave of electrons to those mundane weekday destinations. You know, those places you have to drive to, like the office, the grocery store, the hot yoga studio, banjo lessons for your kids, or maybe you'll just get nostalgic for the local gas station mini-mart. Not to buy gas, of course, but to pick up some beef jerky, a Red Bull, and maybe another losing lottery ticket, right? Then at the end of the week, you'd load up your gas-powered vehicle, which for many Americans is an SUV, and use it for longer trips and weekend getaways. And if you think about it, taking a long trip while hauling multiple people, pets, and gear on a weekend adventure is the ideal mission for gas-powered cars and trucks. Because A, you don't have to worry about the dreaded EV range anxiety in a gas vehicle. B, you can fill up in minutes at a gas station rather than spending a couple of hours hanging out at a charging station. That's assuming it even works. And C, highway driving is where gas-powered vehicles typically get their highest fuel economy and output the lowest exhaust emissions. I mean, think about it. You could be an environmentally conscious, money-saving EV geek during the week and a laid-back, worry-free, gas-burning sloth on the weekend. It's kind of the best of both worlds, and a great way to bridge that gap between an electric vehicle's cost, range, and charging anxiety, and a gasoline car's high fuel prices and exhaust fumes. So if you like this idea of dipping your toe into the EV kiddie pool with the Fiat 500e, and with my recommendation that it's going to be your second car, 
then let's dig into what makes the Fiat 500e a great electric vehicle for city driving. So the Fiat 500e is a great choice for an electric car in the city for several reasons. First of all, its compact size makes it easy to navigate through tight spots and park in small parking spaces, which is especially important in urban areas where parking is limited. Secondly, the car's relatively quick acceleration and responsive handling make it well-suited for city driving. And while it's no Tesla, it is quick enough to be fun. Its electric motor with 24-kilowatt lithium-ion battery pack puts out 111 horsepower and 147 pound-feet of torque. And the Fiat 500e's 0-60 time of 8.5 seconds is fairly quick. So while it's not going to press you back in your seat like a muscle car, it does offer spirited driving performance around town. And like all EVs, the Fiat 500e delivers instantaneous torque when you press the accelerator pedal, which amplifies that feeling of quickness. And compared to its non-turbo gas-powered sibling, the 500e is about a second quicker to 60 miles per hour in spite of being about 600 pounds heavier. Now, you might think that having that much extra weight would be a disadvantage, especially when it comes to handling, but that's not the case. The battery weight is carried low in the chassis below the passenger floor, and that lowers the center of gravity, which in turn aids cornering capability. And the distribution of that weight in the 500E, which is 57% front and 43% rear, is much closer to an ideal 50-50 weight distribution than the nose-heavy gas model Fiat 500 that's 64% front and 36% rear. The result is that in spite of its extra weight, the Fiat 500E offers nimble and agile handling that allows drivers to easily maneuver through city traffic and avoid obstacles. Another reason the 500e makes a decent city car is that it has more than enough range for the typical driver. Now, you may not be a typical driver, but when I look at my driving range, my you know sort of average daily driving during the week, it's unusual if I go more than about 25 miles. So 12 miles out, 12 miles back, that's really it. I wouldn't run out of charge on a 500e. Now, by new EV standards, the 500e doesn't have very good range between charges. But for lower-cost EVs from 10 years ago, the Fiat 500's 87 miles of range was quite good for its time. And even today, a full charge is more than enough for most people's daily commutes. Like I said, 25 miles or so for me. So 87 miles, I'm still going to have about 60 miles left, assuming I'm not doing a lot of hill driving or using the air conditioner or the heater or that sort of thing. Also, if you have access to a 240-volt level 2 charger, a quick charger, installed either at your home or at your destination, like if you have a daily commuting destination you go to for work, the Fiat 500e can be recharged in a relatively short amount of time. It takes about four hours from nearly drained to 100% charged. But it's less time, maybe two hours, if you just need to go to about 80%. However, if you have to use that 120 volt, you know, the standard outlet charger that comes with the car, your charging time from zero to 100% is about 24 hours. So I would budget to have a level two charger installed at home if you got one of these things. But overall, again, 87 miles of range, probably going to be okay for most people. And finally, we get to the 500E's raison d'etre. Raison d'etre. I think I'm saying that right. It's French. French for reason for being or reason to exist. Now, if you ask me what the Fiat 500's raison d'etre is, I'd have to say it's to let owners have fun while saving the world, metaphorically, so to speak, or maybe just to let owners have fun. 
It's a fun car to drive. This car is fun. It's just plain fun to drive. In fact, it's so fun, it kind of reminds me of that feeling I got riding around on the little Honda 50 I bought for my kids when they were younger. We took that thing everywhere. I mean, I'd ride it around my neighborhood. We took it on camping trips, uh, neighborhood barbecues. There was even one memorable Father's Day event where every adult who rode it suddenly became a child again with a stupid grin on their face as they rode laps around this hay field at about 15 miles an hour. I mean, it was just like pure joy. Now, I found that thing on Craigslist and I paid $300 for it. And it was by far the best $300 I ever spent on anything in terms of the fun per dollar ratio. And, you know, the Fiat 500 with its playful Italian style, its kind of small size, its zippy handling, provides a similar sort of feeling. It kind of reminds me of that feeling I got on the Honda 50. Now, it sounds a little dumb, but when it comes to early EVs sold in the U.S., this one is truly a joy to get behind the wheel. It's fun to drive. You'll love driving it. However, fun to drive was not what Fiat had in mind when they made the 500e. In fact, the real reason, the real raison d'etre for them was that they had to make it to comply with California's mandate that every car maker who sold cars in that state had to sell a certain percentage of vehicles that were zero emission or electric vehicles. That's why you hear people refer to the Fiat 500e as a compliance car or a compliance EV. If you thought before, like, what the heck does that mean? It's they had to comply with that mandate from California. Well, the idea of having to build an electric vehicle for one state didn't go over well with former Fiat Chrysler CEO Sergio Marcioni. In fact, he was pretty open about his dislike for electric vehicles in general and the Fiat 500e specifically, but not because it was a bad car. Instead, it was because it cost a lot to turn a Fiat 500 gas engine car into an electric vehicle. Now, part of that expense was due to the fact that instead of doing the work themselves, Fiat commissioned Bosch. You may have heard of Bosch. You know, it's that little German multinational engineering and technology company. Anyway, Fiat hired Bosch to develop the battery, the electric motor, the control unit, and the regenerative braking system on the car. So Bosch engineers, in their typical, precise German way, found a way to remove the internal combustion engine and drivetrain, and then install an ingenious EV powertrain with a liquid-cooled battery pack that was as good as anything available at the time. But it wasn't cheap. When new, the little Fiat 500e's manufacturer's suggested retail price was about $32,000 before incentives. But we can assume it cost even more than that to produce because Sergio Marcioni at an event was overheard saying, I hope you don't buy it because every time I sell one, it costs me $14,000. Well, the good news is that the Bosch powertrain should be quite reliable over time. And the fact that Fiat paid a lot for it doesn't detract from the fun you can have with a Fiat 500 today. Also, because these cars have now depreciated and the EV market has moved on in terms of range capability, you can pick up a used Fiat 500e for a very reasonable price to go along with the stupid grin you'll have on your face while you drive it. Okay? Okay. So, what are some other things that make it great? Well, in addition to good handling, quick acceleration off the line, and the fun-to-drive nature that I just told you about, the Fiat 500e just oozes Italian style. Now, when EVs and hybrid vehicles were first introduced, 
Many at the lower end of the price spectrum were styled like, I gotta say, soulless appliances on wheels. Almost as if car makers think that everyone who wants good fuel economy is also a total bore at a cocktail party. You know those people. They walk up and go, Hi, how are you? My name's Jimmy. But the Fiat 500e isn't boring, and it isn't trying to look like an EV, which is the good part about it. In fact, the exterior styling of the 500e fits somewhere between the normally aspirated Fiat 500 and the turbocharged Fiat 500 Abarth. It's that style that mimics the classic look of Fiat's first 500, known simply as the Cinquecento, which means 500 in Italian. Introduced in 1957, the Cinquecento was a small two-door, four-seat runabout that was basically Italy's answer to the VW Beetle. And today's Fiat 500 is still a small, fun, two-door, four-seat runabout. And like its gas-powered siblings, the Fiat 500e's retro-themed exterior design is both eye-catching and unique. It kind of reminds me of a Mini Cooper. It's that sort of a fun little vehicle. Now, visually, I would say it leans a little more toward the sporty styling of the turbocharged Fiat 500 Abarth, especially with the eSport package that adds a reddish-orange mirror caps, side stripes, and wheel accents, along with some smoked headlamp covers. That's the version I like best, but keep in mind that it doesn't add any additional performance. It just enhances the looks a little bit, so you don't need that to go fast. Just get the regular 500e. Save some money. Inside, the Fiat 500e continues the same retro interior theme as its siblings, featuring a thick-rimmed, three-spoke steering wheel and an easy-to-monitor dash layout with a CD radio interface up top on early examples and a kind of a small touchscreen, I think it's like a 5 or 6 or 7-inch touchscreen on later models. Now, the round center gauge behind the steering wheel is Fiat 500e specific, and it offers drivers the ability to monitor their speed, range, uh, energy consumption, battery state of charge, and other stuff at a glance. And if you want a backup camera, that was only available starting on the 2018 model year, but the car is so small that the standard backup sensors that make kind of that audible beeping sound when you get too close to an object, those should be just fine. I've driven a 500e with those and done a little backing up, and, you know, the car's easy to see out of. It's a tiny car, so really, you don't have to worry too much. I think the backup sensor would be fine. But again, if you want the backup camera, it's a 2018 or 2019 model for you. Now, below the radio, you're going to find push-button controls for like many common features like heating and ventilation. There's electric windows and heated seats. That's a really a kind of a welcome standard feature in colder climates. It also helps, too, with um, if you live in a cold climate and you don't have a chance to preheat the car when it's plugged in, let's say you get in and you start to drive, and you think, I want as much range as possible so I don't want to use my heater. Well, at least you can turn on the seat heater. It doesn't draw as much power, and it will save your battery if you just use the seat heater. So, you know, that's an option. Now, also in an EV-only twist, the single-speed transmission is operated by a push-button arrangement. It's got buttons that are, you know, PRND, Park Reverse Neutral Drive. And that sits where the shift lever would normally sit in a gas-powered Fiat 500. And also down between the seats, you're going to find a couple of small cup holders, and there's also an auxiliary input. And while I thought the seats were comfortable, some people complain that they can't find a comfortable seating position between sort of the tallish seat and the tilting but not telescoping steering wheel. They were saying that their arms are kind of too outstretched, sort of that Italian driving style. 
I don't know. I found it comfortable. Your mileage may vary. So take an extended test drive to make sure you fit before you buy one. And in spite of that minor quibble, overall, the Fiat 500D is a great little city car that will save you money on fuel costs while making quick work of short commutes and daily errands. Now, we all know that nothing is perfect. So here are a few reasons why you might not want to buy a Fiat 500e. The first is limited range. Now, as I mentioned a few times already, the Fiat 500e with a fully charged battery had a range when new of 87 miles. And for some people, this may not be enough. Other electric cars like the Tesla Model S or Model 3 or maybe the Chevy Bolt have a much longer range and may be a better choice for those with longer commutes or who frequently travel longer distances. But used versions of those cars will cost more, so there's a trade-off. And remember, I'm suggesting you get this as a second car to a gas car that you use on the weekends and for longer trips. So if you're thinking of it in that range and you buy one that's not very expensive, it kind of makes sense. But again, limited range. It's a problem. Another thing, limited comfort. While the Fiat 500e's compact size makes it easy to navigate through traffic and park in tight spaces, it may not be the most comfortable car for longer trips, especially for rear seat passengers, assuming they fit. Of course, the lack of range makes that less of a concern, but in any case, passenger space is limited, so FYI. Now, while we're talking about the lack of space, that also applies to cargo as well. So this car is not ideal for those who frequently need to carry large items or carry a lot of passengers. And next up, limited charging options. Now, while the Fiat 500e can be charged by a standard 120-volt outlet, it requires a 240-volt level 2 charging unit to be charged at its fastest rate. These units may not be available in all areas, which could limit charging options or lead to longer charging times, which is an issue, okay? And the last thing I want to mention is that these vehicles were available in limited numbers. The Fiat 500e was only sold in California originally, and then a little bit later it was sold in Oregon, but those were the only two states it was sold in when new. And that means that finding a used one may be more difficult than other electric or gas-powered vehicles, especially on a nationwide basis. There's a lot of these on the West Coast, and I looked across the country, and there's, you know, there's several in major markets around the country, but there's not a ton of them. So, while overall the Fiat 500e has many advantages as a city commuter car, its limited range, availability, Cargo space, comfort, and the charging options may make it less appealing for you compared to other electric vehicles. So take that into consideration when you're looking at these. So all that said, if you're still intrigued by the Fiat 500e and you think you might want to buy one, how much should you pay? Great question. Well, here in the Pacific Northwest, I routinely see these cars advertised with asking prices between $9,000 to $12,000. And oftentimes, there'll be 8 to 10 cars available on Craigslist at any given time. Now, the majority of cars listed are typically 2013 to 2015 models. That's the first three years of the car. And they have about, oh, say, 50,000 miles, maybe a little bit less on the odometer. But you can always find something newer or with a little less miles in that price range if you're willing to be patient. Okay? You can definitely find better cars for less money. You can also find decent 500e models for less than $9,000. I mean, I've seen private party examples for less than $8,000, but they don't last very long. 
they go really quickly at that price, especially if they're in decent condition. And sometimes when they drop below 8000 they have some sort of issue, like uh, maybe they've been hit and rebuilt, or maybe they've got a lot of miles or something. But you can find them if you want to take your time in your search. And, you know, if you're getting it as a second car, you do have some extra time to look. So take that into consideration. If it was me, I would take a little bit more time. I'd want to have the least expensive, best car that I could find. Now, if you want something much newer, like, say, a 2018 or 2019 model with the backup camera and, and under 20,000 miles, maybe 10 to 15,000, you can expect to see asking prices somewhere between fourteen dollars to $16,000. Now, there are some cars priced higher than that, but this seems to be the sweet spot for the final two years of that model run. So, fourteen dollars to sixteen dollars Now, again, if it were me, I'd stick with a Fiat 500e priced at ten dollars or less. Because while I think these are fun, robust, and great to drive in the city, the range and capability of newer EVs means that over time, the used car EV pool is just going to grow larger and larger. Not right away, but, you know, next year there'll be more cars available. Year after that, more cars available. And shorter range EVs, early EVs, like this first gen Fiat 500e, will tend to lose value. So I would say don't pay too much if you don't have to. Get something under 10K, you know, shoot for 9K or less if you can. And if you're willing to be patient, I mean, this is a second car, right? You can likely find a well-cared-for Fiat 500e for a very reasonable price if you take the time to look. So do that. So there you have it. With the 2013 through 2019 Fiat 500e, you can go electric for very little cost with little or no range anxiety, as long as you use it as your second car for short trips and city driving during the week and keep the SUV for the weekends. Doing so will allow you to save on fuel costs, save the world a little bit, without any disruption to your driving lifestyle. Oh, and did I mention the Fiat 500e is fun to drive? Hey, it's really fun to drive. And in a world filled with disappointments, the Fiat 500e isn't one. And with that, thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe and follow this podcast so I can keep bringing you reviews of cool used cars, trucks, and SUVs each week. Also, if you like this episode, you might want to check out episode 39, where I review the Fiat 500 Abarth, the rowdy turbocharged sibling to the Fiat 500e. Now that one offers even more fun, but it's definitely less frugal. But do check it out if you haven't already. And with that, I'm Gary Crenshaw, this is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride. <laughs>